Okay. Well, what we saw, and, and, and I talked about this in our last broadcast on the preview of Le Mans, was that this was a super important race for Fabio Quartararo. And he had to finish ahead of Pecco because Pecco was going to be coming. And for most of the weekend, it looked just like that. But I realize now I was worried for Fabio about the wrong Ducati because this guy has won three of the seven races and his pace in the last 10 laps of every race is just unbelievable. Enea Bastianini wins the race. Jack Miller finishes second. And Alicia Spargro, with another podium, finishing third. Bo, what were your thoughts on the race? When that race finished, I looked across, I looked across the living room, my wife and I looked, and I said, an independent team has won three MotoGP races this year. And Alicia Spargaro has how many podiums and a win. This yeah. this is season is amazing in MotoGP. Hands it down. Is. And, and this is, I completely agree with you. You know, I, I did think whenever, um, I, I made the comment whenever Anaya Bastianini was actually following Paco Benyaya, I said, what do you do? I looked, at, I looked over at my wife and I said, what do you do? You're 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 Anaya Bastianini. You want a factory seat. You've got Pecco Bagnai in front of you. Do you play wingman for the manufacturer to show them you're going to be a team player, or do you nope. go and you pass him? And that's nope, what she said. She him. said you pass him. She said you show that you're better than their their number one factory rider. That's right. And, and you know, and and, I, and at first I disagreed with her, but then you know I, I see the point. I see the merit there. Um, and it, because there is both, there's a component for both there, right? But at the end of the day, I think Ducati just wants to win, and they want to put the best person in that box that's going to be able to do that for them. And I I laughed because did you notice whenever he crossed the line and he got the flag that it wasn't an Italian flag that he was flying? It was was a Ducati Ducati flag. flag. And I told her, I said, that might as well be a resume. (laughs) He Uh, might as well be flying a resume hanging off the back of that bike for Ducati. (laughs) Absolutely. you Barring a just complete, disaster for the remaining six 14 races or 15 races whatever it is this guy is your factory ducati rider in 2023 anyone else is a poor choice to take jack miller's seat 100%. even jack miller is a poor choice over Anea bastianini if i'm jack miller i don't even mind going to that grassini team and riding you know the 22 ducati because i know it and it's a good bike you know what i mean like i you don't care I think speaking of Jack Miller, there are some rumors now that he's in talks with KTM or KTM's looking at him. That would be very interesting to me because that means Miguel Oliveira is out because I can guarantee you it's not Brad Bender. I think Miguel Oliveira needs to be out personally. He, I know that he's a race winner and I know that he's fast, but he is comp- he's terribly inconsistent on that bike. Oh, speaking of inconsistent, Jorge Martin, the guy that everybody had pegged as as – Championship Taking, hopeful, yeah, yeah factory seat contender. Uh, yeah. yeah. That guy? No. I I would keep him at Praymac one more year to see if he can clean it up. Yeah. But you know who's flying that flag at Praymac? Zarco. Yeah. Again, all the flash of Jorge Martin, everybody forgets about Zarco. That guy, 
He's a fantastic rider. He's absolutely fantastic rider, isn't he? Yes. Any, the the thing that blows my mind is how well he rides the Ducati. He is another one with great late race pace every time. Doesn't matter where he is, his late race pace is always good. Um, but he's a he's a lock to me for Premac next year, right? And Martin, if he keeps doing this, he's not a lock. Maybe Jack Miller gets that spot if he does. But maybe Jack Miller wants a different challenge, goes to KTM as a factory rider. Okay, I can see that. You know, Jack Miller made the comment that he wouldn't mind going to Premac. Um, but because yeah. he knew that the bike was the exact same spec, twenty-two. You know, but yeah. Now yeah, say yeah, it, now if if Grassini can get that same spec bike, does Jack Miller say, you know, that's not so bad? I'll run over there. I'll I, go over there. And I ride don't with think them. he cares if he's on a factory spec bike. I think he you're right. Care. I, I absolutely think you're but, right. But it doesn't matter now because their bikes are so good. Yeah. These are not the bikes that Hayden was riding or even Alesh was riding back in the day. These are not terrible motorcycles. You know what's a terrible motorcycle? The RNF team, both of them. Oh, All four actually, of those motorcycles. So they're actually looking at uh, possibly with Aprilia next year. I saw that. And can no, you blame you them? I did see that. I can read. Listen, <laughs> I. <laughs> I read that, um, but the thing about no, I agree. That's is, a dumpster fire. That no, RNF, no, no, you, you, it, they're terrible right now. Well, they got to get rid of both their riders. Number one. Yeah. So if you're <laughs> so, so if you and and I love Davizioso, but I just don't think the bike suits him. I think he got so used to riding uh, a V4 yeah. that it's just different. And I think. Dovey could go to Honda and be more successful than Pole has been, or he could go to KTM and be more successful. Or Aprilia. if you mm-hmm. put him on a V4, I think he's better because his best years always were on the Ducati. He was always better on the Ducati than he was on the end lines. Um, so that's just it. Just what it is. But and I had Simon Crayfarb made a very interesting point about Joan Mir's riding style being mm-hmm. he thought more suited for the V4. Which would be very interesting to me because I think Renz is definitely an inline four rider. Yeah, I if think we've could, talked about this before, and yeah. I, I had kind of had the same feeling that you know, Joanne Mears' bike always get kind of gets out of shape underneath of him a little bit, and it's a little bit more yeah. ragged. Whereas Renz, everything stays in line. Silky. Um, Speaking of that, what he <laughs> that crash Renz had, oh forget about it. Forget it. Yeah, I, I mean, we saw how many people go through that this weekend, um, and Ooh. he was the one that didn't make it out. So I hated that, especially for my fantasy team. Um, yeah, but no, it, that was rough. But long, as long as he's he's okay, I think he he rejoined the race, didn't he? He did. He hit his head hard. I can't believe that didn't hurt him a little more. But yeah, man. he thought he was a Magello at that point. <laughs> Maybe so. But I, let's not to sidebar. We have gone way oh, off the rails yeah. here. Sorry, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, let's talk about Anea Bastianini's race. You know, he pressured Pecco, and it did look like Pecco. I thought he was going to beat Pecco. As soon as Pecco could not really gap Miller, I was like, I don't think Pecco's got anymore. That was just my thought process. And I saw Anea just taking chunks of time, right? Like once he it, – it, it's just amazing to me the way this guy – he doesn't care what happens in the first five laps. Yeah. He's that, the fastest uh, dude on the track for the last 12. That's 100% Every right. Time. I said the exact same thing during the middle of the race. You know, whenever he had gotten into uh, into third place and he was back there uh, behind Jack Miller, 
I, even even a little ways behind Jack Miller, like I, I mentioned to uh, to my wife, I said he's going to be so strong at the end of this race. He's going to be yep. so fast, and and he's coming, and he did. And, I, uh, I just don't understand it. I keep waiting for him to have tire problems because he's never that slow in the beginning. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like he's he now he's had some bad weekends for whatever reason. Um, and I, I, I do agree. I was talking with Dan, our friend Dan earlier today, and he said, he's just got to stop being so bad when he's bad. He, you know, yeah. And I was like, I don't know that he's been so bad, but he needs to be in that top five the whole time. If he's in the top five, the rest of the year and winning three out of seven, there's your new world champion easily. Yeah, you want to have, when you're having a bad day, you want to have a Luca Marini bad day and not a Miguel Oliveira bad day, right? Uh, that's, right. that's where you really uh, want to aim. Wow, you went right after Miguel Oliveira, right? Hey, if you crash, what happens? Dang it! Ask I mean, Dick there's Dixon. some. We need a second bow bus at this point. Bo <laughs> is throwing people on that bus. We have a fleet. And he's now. not letting them off. Building a fleet. <laughs> Looks like a school bus yard out here. <laughs> this, is, this is all sorts of buses. But I, I think you're right. You have to do that. I. But we 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 talked about it was a Anaya and his great pace and. Every, he's just getting better. That's the thing to me. I just think he's getting better every little bit of experience, every race weekend. There's more experience on the bike. So write it down. With barring just absolute disaster, 2023's Ducati factory team is going to be Pecco Bagnaia and Anaya Bastianini. Um, but Jack Miller has done a great job this year, honestly. He hasn't won, but he has not been by any stretch terrible yeah um, i was i was really nervous for jack miller in this race because i'd noticed that he opted for that soft tire and i know that he made the comment on saturday that he really didn't have any feeling out of the medium tire he said it was cooling yeah. down too much and that what's caught that's what caught him out and he crashed and then he opted for a soft and i'm thinking oh my you, you know if this is the hottest that we're going to see it all weekend he's going to yeah. just roast the front tire and and beat it to death and and um you know ended up falling probably with five, six, 11 laps to go. He was just going to plummet through the back of the field, but he didn't, you know, he ended up, he, he was still two seconds ahead of, uh, of Alicia Spargo and really managed a great race. And, um, I mean, hats off to Jack Miller, just a great personality and, and, and great teammate, you know, to a factory uh, team, but, um, it was a, it was a good ride. It really was a good ride from Jack yep. Miller. Well, and I, and I have, we have to talk about Alicia Spargo, who's really just flat out killing it right now. Uh, he is riding better than he ever has in his entire career. Of course, he's got a better bike than he's had. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, I think, though, it's not just the bike because he's got a very high-profile teammate that is constantly in ninth, 10th, 12th place, and he's making him look ridiculous. Um, all credit to Aleish. None of us like to hear him talk. We know that. But it's getting better though. You know, post race interviews you, are pretty good. It's, yeah, but but you got to give him credit. I mean, you just, yeah. you got to be happy for a guy that yeah. just toiled for that long. Yep. On inferior machinery, didn't win. You know, he's gotten a win this year. He's 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 finishing on the podium. This is now three podiums. Um, I, I just I mean, he's second in the championship. You know, he's four points yeah, off the I, lead. Four points off the championship lead in Aprilia. Weekend. And yeah, and he's on an Aprilia, and I look. It's great for the championship yeah. because we make jokes about Ducati, the the World Ducati Championship, but there's an Aprilia up there that is running just as well. 
And, you know, he's been far more consistent than even Anaya Bastianini. He has been there. So I think it was a good race. Uh, Fabio Quartararo was very lucky that Pecco crashed. But, like I said, I a fifth place, a fourth place, fifth place, that's not going to keep that championship lead when these Ducatis are riding as well as they are. Let's see what happens with Pecco and Mugello. I expect them to be back. I expect them to ride well, although he did crash out of the lead there last year. Um, Pecco likes to crash out of the lead is what I'm seeing. He crashed out in Mizano. He crashed out in Mugello. He crashed out here. You know, Pecco's got to figure that out. But Fabio might be in real trouble at Mugello because there's going to be a gang of Ducatis going fast. 100%. And... Um, you know, yeah, he's. I he's really look for Zarco to be strong at Mugello. Zar- I think Zarco will be strong. Yeah. So Zarco finishes fifth, right behind him. Um, but you know what? I was just a thought occurred to me. You know, I want to mention Brad Bender's ride because he lost one of the front wings in a contact altercation with Zarco early in the race, and he still rode that thing to eighth. When we know from Remy Gardner saying, it's unbelievable. It won't go straight if you only have one side on. Yeah. And that guy, put him on a Pramac Ducati. <laughs> put him I mean, in Pramac and replace Martine. That guy wins races. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what we were talking about during the race. My wife and I you said uh, we were talking about the uh, about the, the KTMs. Like three, you know, three out of four KTMs crashed out. And Brad Bender's on half of a KTM and puts it in the top ten. Wrote it in this, uh, Mandalika with the ride divide heist broken. Yeah, the entire guy, race top ten. He can just race whatever cobbled up mess. You know, I would imagine that Brad Bender could probably take an American racing bike and put it uh, put it on the box. He doesn't need a shifter. He just keep it in fifth. He just reach it down and turn <laughs> the knob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just put it on the handlebar. I'll do it from here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I I am so impressed with him. Um, I I feel like. He's in the wrong place. I, I just I, th- that much talent. You put him on a twenty-two or a twenty-one Ducati. Look out! I don't know. I, maybe not, but that's the way I feel about it. I feel if you put him on one of those Ducatis, he would be blinding fast. So that that brings up an interesting topic of conversation in the KTM itself. We're obviously what are those not, stupid exhausts? I don't know. Those are stupid. We are, but <laughs> we're, we're obviously not structural engineers. We're obviously not suspension technicians. We're obviously not chassis engineers. Um, but KTM is the only manufacturer that still uses a steel trellis frame. KTM is also arguably the most inconsistent manufacturer and probably one of the hardest bikes to actually ride in MotoGP. When do you start looking at what you're doing as if it is you go back to the drawing board and possibly bring a brand new bike out? Well, let's talk about that for a second because in order to leave the steel steel trellis frame, you've got to leave what KTM is. Exactly. No, I completely understand that. I've, that's their entire pedigree. Like every single every one of yeah, their road bikes is yep. that way. And completely so, understand that. So I think, but you're right there. You know, sometimes when you're so far down a road, it's hard to say, all right, we got to go down another and road. And when you've had the kind of success that KTM has had, because they have won 
with multiple yeah. riders with this bike. So yeah, yeah. You, you know, so th- there's is, success there. It is an it is a, it is a good question, Bo. You bring up a great point. I I I don't know. I mean, they have changed the frame, the design of it. We know that from year to year. They mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. tried to rework it, but they're still operating on that steel trellis principle. Um, I don't have a good answer for you because I don't know if it's too stiff or not stiff enough. Um, or So that's a good question for all of our suspension chassis people out there. You know, what do you think? Let us know. What, yeah, what's absolutely. The, you know? Like we'll put it out there. As a matter of fact, I'll put it out there on our social media. And I want some comments. I really do. Because this is something like, so suspension to me is witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, it's voodoo. It's, 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 black, it's I black magic I stuff. I don't get it. it. Um, but I, it, in, in all honesty, the frame is part of that. You know, your mm-hmm. frame works in conjunction with your suspension. Transfer of power. Too. Yeah, everything. The there's a it. transfer of weight, transfer of power. There's a there's a load that you're trying to put on the front wheel to make it stick when you're turning, and a, a load you're trying to get on the rear wheel so it doesn't spin when you're accelerating. So uh, The rigidity, you know, too, if the chassis is twisting, if it's flexing when you're mid-turn. You know, the, the same issue that I had on the 2014 Yamaha. Well, the same issue that these... Uh, these super bikes have with all like the production based super bikes. They don't have the same frame as I do Mm -hmm. because there's so much power. It just can't handle it. So you're right. Um, But I feel like KTM's got to figure it out, but I I don't, I don't want to see Brad Bender toil for five years at KTM when he could be at Pramac and blowing the doors off. I, I think I think he's right there with Anea. I think he's right there with Fabio. And you know, I love it when Brad Bender has a chance to win because you know the move is coming. He did not he's care. A bender. He's a he is he's a bender. He's a, he's a bender, but he keeps it on two wheels more often than he doesn't. And those two Man. wheels might be going different directions, but but it's still on two it wheels. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He'll <laughs> ride slicks in the rain. He doesn't care. He didn't care. He just wins. And and I think if KTM now I don't is his contract up this year? I don't know. I do not know that. Because I, I know there are only a few riders that were actually confirmed um so for next year. If you're KTM, you're getting rid of Oliveira. You know, you know that, right? Like yeah. you're, you're at I this point. That, I th- yeah. You're gonna try to keep Bender and Miller two south uh, a south african and an australian who have similar but different accents so <laughs> but the the thing is <laughs> the thing is they're both crazy so maybe ktm's like if we put this team together there'll be stoppies and and rain riding on slicks All no kinds problem of hooligan stuff going on there'll, there'll be straight up hooligan stuff going on but i i really think bender should try to grab a ducati if, I just feel like if he got on a Ducati, I I just feel like he would win a lot. That's what I think. Um, but having said that, do you still feel, uh, or do you feel, that we have seen the last of the dominant Mark Marquez, regardless of the bike? I said two words during the middle of the race when I saw Marquez falling away from Zarco. There's two words. Bye bye. Where he's done. Bye bye. He's, he's done. done. 
and I, and I, I don't think, mean he's done riding. Obviously, I, you know that you know, it's just the dominant. I, I do I do think the dominant Marquez days are gone. the The sun is setting, and you know I think that he is going to win a few more races in his career. Oh, but they're not going to be runaway races. If we do see yeah. a, a runaway race, it's going to be at somewhere like Ass or excuse me, uh, Saxon Ring. You know where he's been unbelievably dominant for the past. I 10, don't 12 know that years. he can win there this year right now. Oh, that's what I, I'm saying. I, I'm saying if we ever yeah, see another yeah. runaway win, that's where it's going to be. It's not going to be anywhere that that. Yeah. I, I mean, we saw what happened last year at Aragon, um, a track yeah. that he loves, a track that he's very successful at, a track that a corner is named after him. He threw the kitchen sink at Peko Benyai, and Peko Benyai just smiled and kept coming on and said, keep, keep coming. You know, I, I think uh, – I'm trying to word it. I, I, his bike isn't good this year, so that's not helping him. And I don't think he is any worse than he's ever been. Save the right side, he's not as strong as he once was. I don't think he ever will be. However, I think he's still plenty strong enough to win some races on a good bike, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have that right now. But but the level of the other guys has raised so much in the last two years. You're right. I, I just think – I don't think he can beat Fabio week in, week out like he used to do, do Dovi. I don't think he can beat Anea and Pecco and, and those guys every week like he used to do. Because like I said, when you're gone for a year, people forget how good you were. And they're not expecting you to do it anymore because you haven't done it now since you've come back in two years. And you've won some races and and you've looked good and they've had some shining moments. But I don't think we can count on him right now, especially with the bike out of sorts. But if they get it figured out next year, I think he finishes on the podium. I don't think he wins 10 or more races in a year. That's gone. No, I don't think so. Uh, You know, you you think about you got to remember the company that he's keeping you inside the top 10 as well, too. Is everyone inside that top ten, with the exception of uh, I think Zarco and Nakagami and Marini, um, they're all race winners, right? So everyone has tasted success, um, mm-hmm. and they, they don't care about big. They don't care about Marquez's name anymore. They don't care yeah. about you know what he's bringing to the table. They know that the bike's not strong. They know that he's not what he used to be. Um, but you know, Nakagami actually gave a, an interesting interview and made some comments that said, you know, if Marquez says no to a development path on the bike, that's the direction Honda takes. Yeah. And, and Nakagami articulated that it doesn't matter if one rider likes it and another rider, and and if anyone, if everyone likes it, and Marquez says no, then Honda says no. They, he has that big of an influence on the development of the bike, and to me that that blows my mind that even at this point. Honda still blindly follows what he wants when they have seen that it pigeonholes them into success for only one rider. Now, my next question is, is this the first bike he's really had to quote unquote develop? I mean, he's been riding for a while, but that Honda that he took over from was the, was the world champion Honda from Casey Stoner. Right. Um, which Casey Stoner rode a bike very ragged, very similar yep. to Mark Marquez, very hard on the front end, you know, spinning yep. up the rear. And, and yep. Uh, yep. so it, 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 it makes sense to ask so that my question. question. Yeah. I they mean, just my continued is, down that rabbit hole with, a, a, you know, of that characteristic, I guess. And, and they did redesign the bike this year and, and they, and a couple years ago they gave it a lot of power and that was great, but they, but I'm wondering if, you know, sometimes people just aren't development riders. 
you know, Polis Bargrove. Maverick Vinales. Wow. We're just going to throw everybody under the bus. Again, load those buses up. I need another bus. Bring Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I no. wrong? Exactly. No. I think Maverick needs to go to World Superbike if you I want me to be hunting. I think he does, too. I actually said that I'm, this weekend. I'm, yeah, I'm already finished looking at Maverick. Like I don't need, That's as much as I want to talk about him. But I, I think, for me, Marquez is... I, I, I watch him, and the fact that he's even in sixth just speaks to his talent. Um, because... Well, I say that, but you know what? He's only a second ahead of Taka Nakagami. Yeah, and you know, I made the comment during the middle of the race, whenever the camera, for whatever reason, stuck on Marquez for three or four corners while he was riding by himself. We've moved to rewarding mediocrity based solely on who, who this individual is now. And I don't want to discredit what he's done for the sport because he's elevated the sport to a ridiculous level when it comes to talent. Everybody, he completely transcended the sport when it comes to actual raw riding, riding talent. You know, I don't want to want to take that away at all. But Mark Marquez also is the reason for his own situation oh, yeah. and his own undoing. He's, he's still crashing at a phenomenal rate. And, and these aren't, these are he's not just... Stop. You know, the, really minor, no, tuck the front, the slow ticking, speed yeah. stuff. You know, these are spectacular high side in Indonesia and, and just dangerous crashes, career-ending yeah. crashes for some people. Yeah, he's he's got a he. I I wonder if that's playing a little bit on him too. He's like, all right, well, I can't. If I push it, I'm going to crash and I'm not going to do it. But I I want to. Uh, I, Lynn Jarvis made a statement the other day talking about how he's disappointed with Franco Morbidelli, which is fair, and Andrea Divizioso. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that Darren Bender was doing a great job. <laughs> I would like to point... I know where we're going with this. <laughs> I would like... <laughs> hang on. I'm going to laugh if I do it. I got to get off. I got to go away from the mic. <laughs> I would like to point out that the two men that he were talking about how bad they were on the motorcycle were more than 20 seconds ahead of Darren Bender at the end of the race. Just do your best, bud. Just do your best. What? This is this I... is my biggest this is my biggest problem with guys I've always got a lot of respect for Lynn Jarvis. Lynn Jarvis has been doing this for a long time, and he should be respected. But Raslan should not be saying anything to Dovey about what he needs to do riding. And then in the same breath, talking about how Darren Bender's working really hard and doing a good job. That's garbage. He was 21 seconds behind Dovey. He was 30 seconds behind Franco. That's more than a second a lap slower. But he's uh, yeah, doing I, a great I, job. I was watching Should the uh, I was watching the the you know the free practice times all throughout the weekend and I just kept seeing that name at the back of the list and and the time difference to that name and I, I kind of I, I feel the same way. Um oh, do you feel the same way know, as me it's now? A, no, I now listen, this is a development year for the individual. <laughs> But the you level of success, anything. the the for himself as a rider and getting used to the bike. But you know, 
He finished the race. Yeah. Which was better than what happened. Which was better than what happened in Jerez when he crashed out. Um so yes. my 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 thing about the entire approach and the in the comment to uh, the comments that Lynn Jarvis has made it, uh, to me I feel like Yamaha is going the direction that Honda went. Um and we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, is why would Yamaha change what they're doing in development around Fabio Quartararo until he gives him a reason not to. It, you know, because he's still he's you know top 4 right now in this yep. race. Yeah. So, at that point, I think it's easy to say, well, Franco Morbidelli, you need to be doing what Quadraro is doing, or Divizioso, why can't you do what Quadraro is doing? Because um, nobody can, right? Right, that's it. You know, Because essentially, you're having the same conversation that Honda has had in the past with Jorge Lorenzo. Since 2013. With, yeah, right. with, with every rider that's been that shared a stable with Mark Marquez, Honda's asking him the same question, saying, why can't yeah. you do this? And, and people like... Talking to Akagami once they finally get access to his data, it's like, how is this guy doing this? You know, you know, and Davizioso even said it about about the way that Fabio rides. He doesn't understand how he's breaking that deep into a corner and making up the speed that he is, and and he ha- he's overriding the bike, and and I think that speaks a lot to Fabio's talent level, and also his judgment of not making mistakes and not having the spectacular crashes like a young Marquez that we saw years ago. So and still right. being successful, um, but honestly, if I'm Lynn Jarvis, I, I mean, I do put some pressure back on Iwata to to continue development of the bike and say, listen, this is not a, the way that Fabio rides the bike is not applicable to every rider. So we need to make a more generalized package to find a middle uh, something that all of our riders can become successful on because that's nah. essentially going what's going to win a team championship for us. I can solve Yamaha's problem with one phone call. What you do is you call that factory over in Hamamatsu and you say, listen, guys, I hear you're leaving GP. Want to sell me all your bike research? <laughs> and then we'll just do that. You put, I'm telling you, you put Quadraro on that Suzuki. Ooh. World champion? Oh, without I think question. without it. I don't know without question. I, I think the Ducati, especially Enea, and I, I still believe in Peko, I, I think they'll still be there. But I think... He doesn't have to fight the the speed problem anymore, and now he doesn't yep. have to make up every single meter on the brakes. He doesn't lose thirty meters on the straight, and he has to make twenty nine of them up on the braking right. zone. Managing a race on. becomes a lot easier. Exactly, and I think that's what I think. So you know, you make it easy on yourself, Yamaha. Flip them a hundred million dollars, get all their stuff, and they just brand that thing Yamaha. Nobody will know. Just do it. Why are you trying to do your own research? Obviously, you're terrible at it. The the, the real problem, though, for me, we're too busy is, making an R7 for the Twins Cup. Oh yeah, let's do that. And I and I'm so mad at Yoshimura for getting out of Superbikes and going into the Twins Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Listen, you and I can afford a Twins Cup team. It'll cost exactly thirty eight dollars. You know. It, you can you ride one gallon of gas the entire weekend. There you goes half. There goes half of our Moto America listening audience. <laughs> it's, no, it's great racing. It's just not expensive comparatively. Right. And oh, I get uh, it. of course, yeah. And it and it, it it but the the problem is is that you know when you have great bikes out there, especially like let's just use the Ducati because we always give it praise, but it is great. It's hard to beat it when you just didn't do the job, and you're requiring your rider to what you said 
override. I can't go any faster than I'm going. It's not possible. I can't do anything else. That just speaks to Fabio being a, a wonderful talent, and you're lucky to have them. But you're 100% right. I agree with you. They're trying to go the route that Honda went. And you know why they're doing it? Because 16, 17, 18, and 19, Marquez won the world championship, mm -hmm. and they believe that's how you do it. Because they used to do it with Rossi. Now they want to do it with Fabio. They think, oh, we got this guy. The problem is, is that the talent gap has closed you know, when Rossi was in his prime back in the early 2000s up until that 2012, man, whatever Rossi wanted is what you did because that was your dude, right? Yeah. And and when Marquez came in in 2012 and 2013, whatever Marquez wants is what you do because he is far and away the best rider out there. There's no need to worry about the B rider because our guy is head and shoulders above everybody. There's well, it's no cheap one too. Like that you know, anymore. you don't have to go back to the drawing board with your R and D department and design a brand new bike. Design, you know, bring in brand no, new parts. You, you just got to make it better for him, right? Like, you can nickel and dime it with small, yeah, with with small innovations, with small things that change on the bike. You can just kind of to tweak it just a little bit. You don't have to revamp it like Aprilia yeah. has done the last two years. Right. Throw the kitchen sink at it. Go back to the napkin drawings and then bring out a brand new machine and then bam, Alicia Sparker is successful on it. Yeah, and that's expensive. But I'm, yep. I appreciate the effort Apriya put in there. 100%. Now, Apriya, yeah, I, 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 I think but, it's fantastic. Right. But Honda did that this past year. It's not working out great, but it never does. Like, the first year is always tough, and very rarely do teams just get it right right off the bat. I remember Ducati doing it in 08, but beyond that, I don't remember it. And I, I, I think Mark is going to win some races but I was thinking about that while I was watching that race. The days of Mark Marquez winning 10 races in a season, I think, are done. Yeah. And I was looking at, they put a graphic up of his world titles in 16, 17, 18, and 19. My goodness, he was dominant. And that's done now because Fabio and Anaya and Pecco. And even Aleish now, mm -hmm. uh, these guys believe they can beat him. And once that belief is there, it's very hard to overcome that. Um, and Honda would have to make a light year's improvement. I mean, he was 15 seconds behind the race winner. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Four, three years ago, that would have never happened. Never. Never happened. Now it seems to be common, and he knows it, and that's the biggest thing is he's just admitting it freely. So all that to say, <laughs> the racing is much more competitive. Yeah, it's a lot of fun because you don't you can't set yeah. your watch by it anymore. It's anyone's no, guess. It's not that's the why Marquez we're show. you know yeah. the the texts that fly throughout the weekend is like, wow, I really screwed my my fantasy team up this weekend. You know, it <laughs> it's a lot of fun for us to go back and forth and and. You can't call it. You really just cannot call it. No, you can't. Well, real quick, who do you got in Mugello? Uh, it's got to be on a Ducati. It, you know, I think Bastianini's going to really show up, but I think Zarco is going to come out of nowhere. I don't know. I don't know why I feel that, but I've, I, I feel like Zarco is going to be pretty successful in Mugello. So for your podium, you've got Pecco, Zarco, Bastianini. Yeah, let's call that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Alay's going to be. Uh, Nah. I think Alicia's going to try to knock on the door of another podium. 
I think he'll try, but I don't think I don't think even the the Pri is not slow, but it does not have the straight line speed of the Ducati. Um, and that I'm telling you, that front straight is four miles long. <laughs> it's so long. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's an all Ducati all Ducati podium. Um, I really think it's important for Pecco if he wants to win the championship this year. He needs to win this race. Yeah, he needs no, to beat Bastianini yeah, head to head. If he doesn't. Point. Bastianini is going to beat him in this championship, and I think Bastianini is going to win the championship because uh, right now Fabio looks really vulnerable, and he he just, if he doesn't get out front early, he doesn't get out front. Yep. And he, you know, it's just that's just the bike. He can't he can't do it. And that's so, that's the thing about Mugello. He's in, even if he does get out front early, is he going to be able to stay out front early? With that long, he'd have he'd have to have a second and a half lead going into the final corner, which means he's got to take huge risks to be able to build that lead in an opening lap. You know, and then they would be right back there. Yeah, and then you got to do all those huge risks over again, and then they're right back, and you got to do it again. And I just think that's a recipe for disaster. But you know, we'll see. Yep, we'll see. Absolutely. I mean. That's why they call it racing. That's why we're going racing. Well, do you have anything else this evening? No, I think that's it, man. It's been a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, we we went off on some tangents, and we got fired up about some stuff. But that's because we're passionate race fans. And uh, I enjoy this every single time we do it. I never don't want to do this. Um, but I don't know how you feel about it, Bo, but I love it. I'm about half miserable most days. That's cool. You know what? Nobody cares about that. Um, but I, I do want to tell everybody, listen, if you're going out and you're riding this week, uh, please keep the rubber side down, the shiny side up. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're at Parked and Turn One on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and like I said, I am going to post up about that. You know, what do people think about KTM's uh, steel trellis frame? Um Let's see what they think. Should we do a poll? What should we do? Yeah, let's do that. Well, what would the poll be? Would they be, should they move away from a steel trellis frame or should they keep it? Yeah. Should they move away? Should they move away from this steel trellis frame or should they keep it? Sounds good. Is that it? Or should we ask, is that the problem? Is the frame? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Is it the frame or is it, or is it just the Yes or no. Yeah. All right. I'll set that up. But anyway, both thanks for being with me this evening man let me get all this racing talk out of my blood so yeah man it's uh, been fun my wife and kids don't roll their eyes at me <laughs> they're still gonna do that it doesn't matter <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so this morning i'm watching the races and my daughter walks into the living room she goes is that motorcycles again <laughs> sounds like a good t-shirt for us <laughs> that's all right i threw a baseball at her head i missed but it was, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Nobody report me to uh, CCS, child, whatever that yep. is. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah. This has been Parks and Turn 1. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in this evening. Uh, I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, with my man Bo saying good night, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys.